When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The bloodline. Well, what's left of the blood? Hello. He's back, guys. Yeah, me. I'm me. I'm back. Hello. We're at the Russell Talk Podcast channel. So much for an intro. I am Tempest, your host, alongside my lovely and wonderful co-host, Sat E. Nyangi. We're back. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute since the two of us were a team. It's a fantastic Sat E day. It's the return of the returning son. It's Canada's booty himself. That's me. It's the House of the Black Mask. We're back. Bitch, ready for do, SmackDown. Do the fusion. Pete did We missed. We're rusty. Yeah, but the funny thing is, yeah, the first show I did with Pete, I, I tried to do, and he was still talking. I was like, oh, he's not Tempest. I legit did this. I went, okay, it's not happening. Oh. Yeah, I was like, my fellow, he's the only one I confused with. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, as you were saying, yes. As I was saying, mm-hmm. however, the bloodline. We're headed for tribal combat. What does that mean exactly? I think it just means an ODQ match with the lay on the line, but SummerSlam main event now confirmed. Welcome to the WrestleTalk Podcast channel and our WrestleTalk Podcast review of Friday Night SmackDown, July 21st, 2023. We are here to talk about all of it. And we're going to get into talking about this bloodline angle, because of course it was the most important and monumental thing on the show, as the main event segment was built up to throughout the show, with Roman Reigns looking backstage at his lay, as he's looking over at Solo Sokoa, there's tension building there, there's faith deteriorating, etc. They walk around backstage, there isn't a whole lot of like Paul Heyman backstage segments on the show or anything. They get into the ring. Jey Uso comes out first. Then Roman Reigns comes out. And they sit at the table. Basically, this segment is a contract signing. Mm. And Jey Uso said, I love, this is not new, but I love the detail that Jey Uso sits on the side and then Roman sits at the head of the the table. table. It's just such Mm -hmm. a good little detail of all this. But Roman Reigns says, like, all right, I've been here for 10 years. I've been running this business for 10 years. You think this is my first rodeo? You want to do this, Jay? And Jay says, yeah, man, I want to do this. You made me do this. 
You did what you did to Jimmy. And now I got to get you. Now I got to do this, Roman. And you know what? It's going to be tribal combat. And Roman Reigns is like, oh, damn. All right. Those are heavy words. And these are new words to the rest of us. We never heard of tribal combat before. No, not best in it. And Roman Reigns says, do the elders know about this? And Jay says, it's their idea. It's like, ooh. It's, it's been my, I think, favorite bit of all this where we hear about the elders a lot, but we have not seen... We know we, we, we seen it, yeah. We, we, 2020. If it wasn't for that, we'd be like the unseen elders. But we know who they yeah. are. We've seen them once. Once. Yeah. Once is once is not enough. There needs to be more. Yeah. The, the whole the whole the whole signing should have been all of them there uh, doing a decree signing. That would have like elevated what we've we, what we've been seeing. But like you're saying, they, they're kind of like them unseen. You know, the powers that be. Yeah, I, I, I've kind of given up hope on on ever seeing if they weren't in the tribal court. Of Roman Reigns, I don't think they're ever going to be there. Or the 1,000-day celebration or anything like that. Anyway, Roman Reigns seems very... He's taking this very seriously. This is a, a serious revelation, of course. And he takes off his lay, and he's holding it in his hands. And he places it on the WWE World Championship. Seemingly to signify that this match at SummerSlam between he and Jey Uso is going to be both for the WWE title and the tribal chief position within the bloodline, the family, whatever you want to call it, whatever's left of the bloodline at this point. And then they both stood up, walked around to the front of the table, and they, I don't want to say shook hands because it wasn't one of these. No. It, it was one of these. It was more traditional. I feel like it, it was a yeah, traditional handshake, right? Yeah, it, must have it was a more traditional handshake, and they were like this. Brother. Brother, it felt, it felt like they were about to duel almost. It was like bowing before a duel or something like that. It was, it felt ceremonial, and I liked that. That was just like another neat little detail that they sprinkled onto it. And then Roman turns to leave. He's giving Jay this respect, yeah. And he goes to leave, and Solo takes it upon himself to flip over the table grab Jay and go to hit the, the spike. And Roman grabs his arm and is like, no. And then Jay super kicks Solo and Jay and Roman close the show. Mm -hmm. And this continues our build towards SummerSlam. Now the main event, uh, yeah, the main event has been confirmed. The main event has been set in stone. Jay Uso, Roman Reigns, tribal combat, which they explained is going to be, <laughs> bless you. I'm back, yeah. A no DQ match, basically. Yes. Jay Uso explains, like, if I'm gonna hit you with a chair, I'll do it. If I put you through that table, I want to. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna beat your ass. I'm gonna do these things. All the no DQ things. I don't know. Like, I don't think anything is really gonna set it apart from a regular no DQ match or anything I hope, like I hope, that. I hope they dress up the ring. Maybe like that'd the, be neat. Like when, a Viking rules match and or, African or drum or match the, between. Yeah, the drum fight. Yeah, between Biggie and uh, Apollo. Yeah. It felt to me like one of those kind of like a Belfast brawl, even though there was nothing Irish done to the ring for those either. But maybe in the next two weeks, we can get some sort of video package like detailing a tribal combat thing in like Samoan culture, something like that. I don't know if you'd have to make something up for that or if you would have to 
just be respectful kind of thing. But like hype this up in a way that makes it feel significant, feel different from this no DQ match. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they can pull off for the next two weeks. I have a list of demands of what I want from this fight. Demand number one, they tr- they dress in traditional garbs. Mm. Ooh, what if what if this is when Jay Uso comes out and does the uh, the haka again? He does the old Uso's entrance. If Jim Johnson was still around, that would happen. But this is Death Rebel. They ain't gonna let it happen. He's gonna come out. I know. When I say ooh, you say so. Ooh, ah, ooh. You know. And I start that do for Samoa, and then I start that piece of Samoa. If Samoa, if Samoa, if Samoa, he. I miss those days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, oh, list of demands. Yeah, um, traditional tribal entrances, uh, tribal garbs, uh, possibly some torches on the side. Maybe make it dark the arena a little bit darker, so it looks more like a a, a tribal fight is about to happen. Make the ring cover cover it with some 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 flowers and stuff to make it more look like a, a tribal combat is about to happen. I want them to probably even have the face paint. Go all out. I was like, go all out. If you're going to do it, like you said, to make it special, to make it stand out, I want them to go all out for their culture. I hope my microphone's up here. But yeah, I, that's, what, that's what I would want to happen. I'm, I'm very, I mean, obviously, I'm very excited for this match. I was very excited for this match before they officially announced it, before they announced what the stipulation was going to be. Ultimately, it is the culmination, possibly, quote unquote, because I don't think it was going to be the end end of the story, but it is the climax to this point of a three-year storyline. Between them two. Between them two. And that's bonkers. That's a long time to be building a story. And now we're seeing what the actual like month build between the two guys setting up their next pay-per-view match is mm-hmm. going to be. I think they did a very good job on this show. Obviously, the tribal court segment, which I made sure to catch up on while I was away. That is the only WWE thing that I've watched in the last like three weeks or so. I made sure to watch that before I watched this show. All of that, I think has been very, very, very good. And now we have a couple more weeks and I have no reason to think that the level of quality for this match isn't going to remain consistent because for the most part, the last three years, any time they have focused on the actual bloodline aspect of this story, it's been it's pretty much stellar. been near perfect. Like yeah. they're batting close to a thousand with that stuff. So another two weeks of good promo segments to really hype this up. And I just want them to give me like a sliver of doubt that Roman Reigns could lose. Mm. I don't think that Jey Uso is going to beat him. However, can you imagine WWE World Champion Jey Uso, the one to beat Roman Reigns three years later? The answer for me is still no, because uh, he's been unproven outside of the Roman Reigns um, storyline in terms of him being a babyface. You could argue um, there's been times when it worked. Batista was only over in his own, I guess, feud with, with Triple H and then they branched out with the JBL and all that kind of stuff. You still you're still over. Where Rumble was over. They, they did little things to to test if he was if he was still over and he passed with flying colors. Uh Wardlow was only over because of the MJF feud. You know what I'm saying? There's certain wrestlers that get over because of storyline sure. and it's like okay post storyline what does it look like? I, I guess that's the argument they were trying to make with Sami Zayn but Sami Zayn is a guy that was proven yeah. as a babyface before that. So it wasn't like this is a new concept. 
super baby face Sami Zayn. So that was a different story. He was already over before. It's just that we didn't, I knew he wasn't the, the, the guy that was going to end the story. But anyway, people want it to be Jay. But again, they haven't put in the work to make Jay this super babyface because all he's been stuck in this bloodline verse since he turned babyface. Had he faced guys like Austin Theory, which, sure. he, he, which he did. Yeah, people say, you know, he had a United States, United States title match, but he was still, again, a tweener. Since he's been babyface, he hasn't wrestled more heels to see, to gauge people's reaction and interest level. Because if people still cheer for him after post-Roman and he becomes like the number two and number one merch seller and they're cheering for him in every match, then sure. He's won, he's won me over. But he's still over within that storyline. So you can't be his champion. And then people hate it. Then what? But for me, it's true. Then what? Who's he going to face next? Because we, when me and Pete spoke, we also realized SmackDown doesn't have a strong hillside either. Nope. Who's he going to face? I almost, I, I, I almost swore. Karrion Cross. Yeah, that was the first one. And I, and I hate saying it because he's the guy I've been trying to say like, oh, with the right motivations, he can be great. But even I said Karen Cross would, yeah, no. Absolutely. You know not. what happened? Solo Sokoa for the next four months challenging yep. for the title. They would have run it to the ground. Yeah. So the SmackDown side is horrible in terms of heels. Jay would suffer as, it would be 2004 Eddie all over again. He's like, who do I have to face? JBL. Exactly. So I don't think Jay's over. Uh, we No, sorry. Jay hasn't been proven to be over outside the storyline. When that does happen... Let him rise for the United States title and then go for the WWE title. I just, I just don't feel like he should be champion for that very reason. They haven't put in the work to make him champion. If that makes sense, mm. he won the tag team match because he's a great tag team specialist. That's what, that's what, that's the story they're telling uh, at um, Money in the Bank. But besides that, no, I think this Roman's going to win. What I've enjoyed about this storyline is you didn't guess Roman got kicked in the face by his cousins. He's been very, very cordial with them, right? Mm -hmm. If I, I would be out for murder if my cousins kicked me in the face multiple times and made me look like a fool. But he's been very respectful. I think he probably respects the fact that Jay's standing up to him or he's got a backbone. Even mm -hmm. though thinking for yourself within the bloodlines a no-no. Hence why Solo, what he did was a no-no. But yeah, I, I, I like the fact that he's showing Jay respect. It's like a nice wrinkle to show that... Um, the old Roman's still in there somewhere. And that could be the storyline they'll be, they'll be trying to tell after the match with Jay. Because Solo Sokoa, very much like Gollum, he's attracted to that lay. And that's what Roman sees. See, he's like, oh, this guy over here, I don't know. You know, you're a bit too comfortable with my lay. Don't look at my lay. So that could be a storyline I'm going to tell. And like I would say, the moment Paul Heyman deems you weak, that's when he dumps you. So I can see... Poor him and bigging up Solo in the background to become the new tribal chief. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, these are all my points. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. No, I, th I, think, I think it's very, very apt. I think, ultimately, I don't see Jey Uso winning this match either. Yeah. Like, I, th I think Cody's going to win the title. And As he should. The story and As everything. he should, yeah. You know, I think, I think... And I don't want to get caught back in the vortex of who Cody should have won, but I he think if won. but he should have won. I think if Cody wins the title at WrestleMania, and you literally just do this exact same story that you have done just without the title, I would have a lot more intriguing in this because I would think there would be a really good chance that Jey Uso could beat Roman Reigns, you know, and be, but because the title is on the line. I don't think that Jey Uso is going to win. Yeah. And I don't think that sh is the goal of this, you know? But regardless, 
that's more of a nitpick, really. One, with one more thing this. to add, probably in my head a long time ago. Yes. Um, but when we start this podcast right now, and I, I want to say it now, this will be the first time fans can watch Jay versus Roman in real life. Mm-hmm. Both the, the previous matches was during the pandemic. So this is match number three. First time live in Detroit. I just wanted to mention that part. That's, that's a very good point. That's a unique portion of, of the feud. I wonder, like, I don't know. It'd be really interesting because obviously they're going to have a big old crowd for this match. Big old football field, Ford Field, Detroit, Michigan for this match. Mm -hmm. WrestleMania 23 building. Nice. I will imagine that this is going to be a very heated match on the show. If this is just like the people are just like craving it. Mm -hmm. I wonder, like, I don't remember the last time anybody ever called an audible in wrestling, like in a big match like that, you know, where it's just like, actually, just have the other person win. You know, that that sort of thing. What happened recently with Mercedes Monet, but that's that's Well, that's because she got her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she called it. Yeah. She could have just won it and just vacated it, like, you know, Finn Bella, but she called an audible. Yeah. But in terms of, like, listening to crowd reaction and just going like, okay, we're going to go with him. I don't know. No, I would. No. I would be paying attention to to people for this match. I, no, this is one of those times I'll be like, screw what the fans want. Wow. Stick with the story. Listen Cody. to this guy. No, listen, Cody. You, Cody fans. has to win because because I'll be like, then who does Cody face? Huh? Seth or Gunter or Bala or Priest, whichever one of them's champ at a time to finish the story. He has to win the belt. His daddy was touching. Mm-hmm. That 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 belt. The mm-hmm. WWE title, mm-hmm. not the new one they created or could be related to the old one they retired. No, no, no. Finish the story. That wasn't in the story. The story is not to win a world title. It's to win the world title. The one with the significant, you know, history. The one your daddy wanted. That's the that's the story he wants to finish. Let's never forget that. And then Jay winning it. Then what, Jay? Huh? Then what? Roman wins it back. Starts another four years. What is this, WCW? That's the kind of thing they used to do. Listen, he ain't Lex Luger. You can make him win for a week. And then I was like, okay, I took, I took time off for a week. Give my belt back. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I thought this segment was very good. I thought that the Tribal Court segment was mm-hmm. very good. For those who were looking for my review of that, even though it was like 40 minutes long, it was good. That's my review. We'll see what happens at the pay-per-view. But I'm very much looking forward to it. We know what's going to happen. Don't, don't, see you guys, everyone, next week on SmackDown. Yep. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, so, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how Solo gets involved. I'm waiting for a Solo turn eventually. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. In the meantime, we're going to get into the rest of our SmackDown review here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we kicked off with Roman Reigns arriving at the building, and then we had a match. A match. A match to kick off things. You love to see it. And it was the second half of the U.S. title invitational quasi-tournament thing where they had L.A. Knight, Rey Mysterio, Sheamus, and Cameron Grimes in a four-way match to determine the number one contender for the United States Championship. Or more accurately, who would advance to face Santos Escobar to who would be the number one contender. (laughs) But I thought it was a very good match. Very good opener. I love these kind of matches. I think this is probably like my favorite change to WWE programming since Triple H has taken over. Like maybe once a month or like every six weeks or so, we seem to get some form of like, okay, there'll be a triple threat match here and a triple threat match here and the winners will face each other and that person does this for whatever title. And I just think it works. Yeah. You just have people win matches Mm -hmm. and those people who win matches then get rewarded for winning matches. It's really like- Simple concept. Really simple concept, but it wasn't done for a very long time. And it's just been really nice to see number one contenders matches like, actually means something in, in this company for the most part this what about, what, what about title contender matches? Was it title? Was it, what, what was it called? It was uh, championship contenders matches or something? Something, yeah, where you have to win to become number one contender or some company. It's not even just that, though. It was like... You beat the champion. If you beat the it. champion, yeah. you would, uh, like, be considered for a, a title shot because... <laughs> Oh, sorry. Whoops. No, Shotzi. You, no, you, and, you didn't spit on my eye. Don't worry. Oh, no, I swore. Oh, you did swear. I thought you swore because I'm touching my eye because I feel excited about it. I haven't had one in a while. Give me a break. <laughs> oh, I'm on the edge today. I'm not even upset. This is, I gave this SmackDown five out of five. <laughs> but he's on the edge. And he <laughs> I'm F, on the edge and right he now. Okay, he fudge bombed, man. Yeah. But, like, you know, Shotzi and Tegan Knox beat Natalia and Shayna Baszler or whoever the women's tags belonged to at the time. They beat them three times and never got their tag title shot and then one of them got fired. Tag team MVP. So like, I don't know. The championship contenders matches are nonsense and people who want to say that it's the same thing as the AEW championship eliminator matches or whatever, it's not. That's the one I was thinking. That's why I said keep saying championship contender or something. Yeah, it's similar but not, not identical by any means. But regardless, 
This was a very fun match. They did a lot of really cool stuff here. L.A. Knight cut a promo on the way to the ring. He didn't really say anything other than he was going to win, but he was still one of the most over people in the entire show. Like, besides the people involved in the main event segment, no one else came close on this show, I didn't think. He came out. Yeah. 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 Sad yeah. Yeah. And they did a really cool Tower of Doom spot. It wasn't like your normal Tower of Doom spot. It was almost like kind of two moves happening at the same time, like Mm. one right next to each other as opposed to just the tower just getting more convoluted, which was neat. Rey Mysterio and Sheamus both did the clubbing forearm blows at the same time, which was like really funny because... Rey Mysterio had to stand on the bottom rope in order to do it. And Austin Theory was at ringside on commentary for this match. Because we demanded it after last sure. week's great performance. I haven't seen it, but... You I, haven't? I've only seen the tribal court thing. I'm not going out of my way to watch uh, Austin Theory on commentary. Don't. No. It, no. Basically, you said that he's more and more uh, showing you that he's not him. He's he's like, who's that? <laughs> Last week, oh, dude, he was he was phoning it in. He could not have sounded more disinterested in talking to the point when Michael Cole went, "This you got to love this. We will hate it because it's Michael Cole. Michael Cole said, they say, they're chanting this is awesome in this match. Wait, wait, they're chanting this is awesome. That's something you don't hear in your match. <laughs> uh, Michael Cole is... Based Michael Cole. And then what happened afterwards? Yeah. Oh, that's a great retort, Austin Theory. Mm-hmm. Listen, <laughs> my my going away present for the the Russell Talk podcast channel was my rant on Austin Theory. It was me and Pete and Austin Theory. And I got a message in my group chat about this last night. Last night. I was just talking to a few of my buddies about wrestling. We were just, you know, shooting the breeze and stuff and having a good time. And someone i think we were booking like a wwe aew fantasy card right Right. we were just like what matches would you want to see i'd be like ah this one this one this one this one ah really cool to see that blah 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 ray mysterio and vikingo for example danielson and walter claudio and walter i could go on for days and then all of a sudden we were just like oh yeah and then there's theory he's got a title He's not anywhere near this card. And my friend was like, didn't I just see him win a match with a drop kick like two weeks ago or whatever? And I was like, yeah, and I have not been more irate at a match in I don't know how long. And he was like, yeah, it's stupid. They tried, all the the people on Twitter tried to say it was psychology because he drop kicked them in the throat. Yeah. But he was it was psychological torture watching that match. To be honest, I feel like they've told him not to do his flashy. They said, don't wrestle like AR Fox. Well, that, by the way, would be my my match if I would if I allowed him on the card. I'm like, theory and AR Fox. Why not? It's kind of, Takeshita and Sami Zayn because he's, sure. he's watching them do each other's moves. <laughs> I just want to see clones just wrestle each other. <laughs> you Huluva kicked me. Hey, you blew Thunder Bomb me. Yeah. yeah. But point is, yes, sir. The conclusion that we came to in the uh, in the group chat last night through uh, no assistance of mine whatsoever, of course, is that Austin Theory is aggressively not him. Yeah. Like, and I'm not going to reiterate my points every single time I see Austin Theory on my TV screen because it's going to be too much and I don't want to bore the listeners, but I have never seen 
a more create a wrestler template ass guy. Yeah, I'm with you. Someone said, I love Cena circuit 2002. Let me just bring him back to life. But what hurts Theory right now compared to previous time when he was Vince's boy, the egg, the selfie guy, whatever. What hurts him right now is you got guys like Logan Paul and Grayson Waller doing something. I'm not saying it's similar. It just, they're, they're all playing cocky, douchey. Yeah, they're cocky douche heel. Better. Yes. They're doing it better. So when you got Austin Theory, you're like, oh, Oh, awkward, dude. Um, and it's not even like, it's not the same gimmick, obviously. Yeah. It's like, like they're all different. But you've still got like, LA Knight is there, who at, at the time of this recording is still technically a heel. Yeah. Despite being massively popular and everything. Yeah. But a cocky heel who talks I more, feel like, more than he wrestles. I, I feel like he's in that Bad News Barrett thing where we want him to turn, but the company's like, no, we, we're yeah. stubborn. I mean, this, that that is a topic for li- for another time. Also, yeah. also <coughs> this match, but regardless. Mm. Point is, yes, sir. there are so many people that do what Austin Theory does better than Austin Theory. Amen. And yet I have been watching Austin Theory with this US title for like nine months now. And I'm kind of sick of it. I kind of been sick of it. Man beat John Cena at WrestleMania and got worse. Cena said that was going to happen. Yeah. Cena said, you even you beat me, you're still going to lose. And oh yeah, that's another thing you did on commentary. I beat John Cena at WrestleMania. So said help it four me times. God. He said it four times. <laughs> so help me God. Way back tried to help him, like to boost him up. But he just, he just sounded so like, yeah, co-spec me. But like he sounded like, if you him, him, because a lot of time wrestlers when they're on commentary, you're like, oh, this guy's witty. This guy's, oh, mm-hmm. this guy, give him more mic time. With him, he's like, give him less. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see Austin Theory, I want to see him less. Man, I knew this was going to happen when I was in the goddamn crowd at NXT TakeOver Toronto 2, and they Ooh. showed him in the crowd, and Ooh. no one made a sound. Ooh. No one knew who he was. Of course, no, no, a lot of people watched Evolve that time. I don't know. Did Still, you know? it's an NXT. I knew, I knew the name Austin Theory. I, did I didn't too. recognize him. Exactly. I, but read, like, I read magazines. <laughs> NXT takeover crowd, like you'd think that they're like smarter than your average bear, but nothing. And I was like, damn, that's a that's our guy in the crowd for the takeover I was at. Sad, but yeah, the ending of this match because I feel like we talk too much about <laughs> yeah. Austin Fear and you're lucky Austin Fear. I had to find like something negative to talk about on this show, clearly. So we just picked on Austin Theory again, and I hopped on as well, which I don't usually do. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Positivity over here, because the point is. Yes. What I was going to get into. Yes, oh, sir. God. There's an Austin Theory match on this show, too. We haven't gotten to that bit. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Austin Theory takes out Rey Mysterio yes. in this match. Yes. Now, granted, I missed last week. Did Austin Theory have a run-in with Santos Escobar in that four-way match? No. No? Nothing no. to prompt this? He just decided he didn't want to face Rey Mysterio? Yeah. All right. This show's stupid, then. Never mind. <laughs> Nothing. No. I see no reason for this. Why would he not be ducking Sheamus then? Because they have history, at least. They have a thing going. Like, he, he would have more of a reason in my mind to be ducking Sheamus, trying to keep him from winning this match than Rey Mysterio, but he's, then we wouldn't have been able to book our Santos Escobar match. He's moved on. Anyway. Yeah, he, he takes out Rey Mysterio for a brief moment, and Santos Escobar comes out and runs Austin Theory off, and then Rey Mysterio just hits a 619 and pins Cameron <clears throat> Grimes for the win anyway. This was a very good match, much better than I've made it sound, of course, because I spent the whole match talking about how Austin Theory sucks. But uh, this he was does. a very fun match. I love it whenever WWE does these like four ways, five ways, any kind of multi-man match with like 
really top level mid card guys. And it feels crazy calling people like Rey Mysterio and Sheamus and everything mid card guys, but unfortunately that's what they are. Upper right mid. Now. Upper mid, you know, legends, former world champions, but not in the tippy top main event scene right now. But anyway, very good match. Next week, we're going to see Santos Escobar versus Rey Mysterio. That's exciting. I'm well excited to see that. So there's a lot of minds about this because that's one match yes, that sir. I'm very much looking forward to seeing. Mm -hmm. And we have been talking on this podcast for a very long time about how we want to see Santos Escobar get a push. Yeah. And so we are. We're seeing him get a little push. I hope he beats Rey Mysterio. Me too. I don't know if I want this to be like the heel turn breakup of the LWO it won't be match it won't be but if this could be some sort of beginning of a thing that could potentially lead to like Santos Escobar versus Rey Mysterio at Wrestlemania next year that means Rey Mysterio wins this match perhaps it's Rey right because Rey's gonna win it because he's that guy where he'll lose for a bit and then all of a sudden it's Rey Mysterio wins he's not a one contender and yeah. then He'll probably beat Theory and probably... That's fine with me. No, no. That, again, this is fine. But then again, because of Rey Mysterio, he could also lose to Theory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if Santos win, you're like, more likely might get a new winner. But then again, he, he, we're going to talk about the match later than that result. But yeah, I do think if they're going to do the whole Santos Escobar is going to turn heel on Rey Mysterio, he has to lose, mm. which I don't want. But at the same time, I don't mind because it's very mysterious. I think you could find different ways to do it. But I him, think you could. Why Tim's become cocky work. and arrogant? But I, I just feel like it's more like he respects him, but he lost to him. And after, I guess the Eddie thing, that was yeah. runs into my head. Like when Eddie lost to Ray, he went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he went crazy. That's fair. <laughs> also, the other talking point here, because he doesn't show up on this show again. It is worth noting that while we are excited for the prospective push of one Santos Escobar, mm. we're still waiting on LA Knight here oh yeah and i am doing my best to be a patient boy i am doing my best because i was told that good things come to those who wait and um that's fine i can understand having your plan and wanting to do a thing for sure however he's undeniable and they are denying him. And I think that is just silly. So the thing is, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about denying him, right? It can go two ways. The Daniel Bryan way or the Zack Ryder way. Yup. Eventually, people will stop chanting. Yeah. It happened to Zack Ryder. It was, it was sad. Yeah. Like, good things come to those who wait, huh? How long has Rusev been waiting? You know, about Damian Mizdow and Zack Ryder, and you know, what? I put I put Mizdow on on the same boat as well. Like they didn't go with him at all. Nope, they just kept him lower card. I just I equate that to Zack Ryder, where he got over when he shouldn't get over, and Zack Ryder got given the United States title and he was cucked in the end. And then night, stay away from being given Tiffany Stratton as a potential <laughs> partner on screen. It's not going to end well. Grayson always has to steal her like she stole her in NXT from you. And John Cena is not your friend. Yeah, John Cena is not your friend as well. Yeah, stay away from. Any promises of anything but a title, just don't fall for it. Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm with you on that. Um, he had his entrance. It seemed like it was his night. Mm -hmm. It wasn't his night. And now we're told to wait till after SummerSlam for it to be his night. LA night. It's not his time yet. Uh, I, I'm with you because it's like, it's like, oh, you know, money in the bank. They've got a stronger story with, with the Judgment Day. Sure. United's title was there. I guess they want a Latino champion. Sure. sure. 
Then what? You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like because in order for him to progress, he has to beat big names. Because needs to one move of, up. One of the arguments was made against him winning Money in the Bank is how his win loss record is appalling. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, start giving some wins. Yeah, whose fault is that? Book him. Book him better. Like it's not just selling well. My mind here because, for God's sake, we were watching that god awful Bray Wyatt L.A. Knight feud. And we were loving L.A. Night every mm. single week and not really enjoying much else. Yeah. And we were just like, just wait until this stupid feud is over and mm. L.A. Knight can be free of this guy and maybe he'll do something. And then, no, he wasn't getting any wins. He was losing to Xavier Woods on SmackDown. He lead into WrestleMania. He loses the Battle Royal. Everyone's going out of their mind chanting for L.A. Knight ahead of WrestleMania. Isn't on WrestleMania. We're like, okay, WrestleMania's done. Maybe they'll push him now. We get through. Now we got to wait for the draft. We got to wait for the draft. We wait for the draft. No, we're still not getting thin. Okay, maybe he'll win. No, he's not going to win money in the bank. We got to wait for after. We got SummerSlam. No, we got to wait for after SummerSlam. Christ. You will kick this can down the road until you kick it off a cliff. Like, I can't wait for parts for unknown. Top 10 times they could have pushed LA Knight. <laughs> <laughs> number 10 <laughs> against Bray Wyatt. Number yeah. nine, WrestleMania. Number, you know, I can't wait for that. That would be funny yeah. if you did. <laughs> so, get to it. TikTok. Backstage, Theory is walking around angry and he goes up to Adam Pierce and says, Who does Santos Escobar think he is? Theory says he has every reason to be out there and wants Escobar tonight. Pierce says, All right, I'll give him a title match, which doesn't what? make any sense. What? He's the he's in a number one contenders match for a title match, and you're just gonna give him a title match. I hate this man. You do? He's got a dirty ass. Dirty ass Pierce. I'm gonna get sued one day because of this. Pierce says, uh, Okay, like, fine then. And Austin Theory's like, no, no, not like that. I just want a non-title match. And Pierce is like, all right, fine. If, yeah, too, Why would Theory want a title match? He was too lax with that, though. He, he gave title matches like candy while Bianca Belair had to run through hoops. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I can't do that, Bianca. Why not, Pierce? And now, Why not? Yeah, sure, the guy in the number one contender match, yeah, I can give him a title match. What? Guys in the in the locker room, just go up to Adam Pierce and just confuse him for being asked for a match, and he make a title match without you even actually asking. You know, I haven't. I have been bang apathetic about Adam Pierce really? for like most of his time as an official. Like I, I haven't liked him or strongly disliked him. I like him. I I think at 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 times I think he has been good. Like when he. He's uh, modern day Jack Tunney. He's just there. He's not sure. He's not the show. Because remember, we, we, when you were back in the days, sure. back in the old days, if someone was the, an authority figure, they were the show. They yes. were cut a promo. They got backseat segment. They got don't, assistant. This, this, that. Don't get me wrong. I prefer this over the authority, over Stephanie McMahon running the show to the ground, into the ground for and then, five years. And they blamed it on Corbin. LOL. I prefer what we've got over that. Mm -hmm. However, of course. However, mm -hmm. Adam Pierce looks like such a bitch half the time now. Like this yeah, man it's, just it's went out there and like interfered in your number one contenders tournament match and everything, and you should probably be upset about that. And you're just like, all right, what do you want? Oh, you want a title match? Oh no, you want a non-title match? Okay, bye. Do you think it works better when he has? Someone working underneath him that's opposing his views, like 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 a Sonia when Sonia was the heel and he had to be more the uh, benevolent uh, one. 
my still my favorite uh, Adam Pierce moment is still when it was almost Adam Pierce versus Roman Reigns or Royal Rumble. Yeah, that, that stretch of time good. was entertaining. I was like, oh, we're gonna get scrap iron in there. Oh, you don't know about scrap iron, and then it didn't happen. But that was him as most entertaining. If anyone mm. ever asked me to twist my arm, name me your favorite Adam Pierce moment. Ah. Uh, him versus Roman Reigns. Mine was when he finally snapped and uh, talked S-word about Ronda Rousey <laughs> in the ring. Just because finally, like, he showed that he had a spine. And He's it, never shown that any other time on the show. Up for it. Oh, my, my, my least favorite Adam Pearce moment is when he randomly fired Bobby Lashley for no reason, suspended him for no reason. When he wrestlers have done like, more mm-hmm. and he's looked, o- looked it over. Anyway, I'll never forget that. Lashley shouldn't forget that either. We're, we're going to keep on going. I'm a sidebar tangent today. I'm ready for it. What's the next? <laughs> What's next on this show? What's next on this show is Charlotte Flair versus Io Sky. That's a very big match to just have on SmackDown. You know, I, that's I, like a big old pay-per-view match. That's, I wrote dream match. Yeah, that's a dream match. It's more of a dream match when it happens on pay-per-view because... Mm. I think it's fair to say that Charlotte Flair tries a lot harder on pay-per-view than she does on TV. And I think that's probably true about most people, but it's more noticeable in the case of Charlotte in my experience. But this match I thought was still pretty good. Bailey was on commentary, and she was doing the Lord's work, harassing Michael Cole. Thank you very much for that, Bailey. Uh, Charlotte and Neo went back and forth. This was a good little match, I thought. They both went for moonsault. Charlotte went for a moonsault, but uh, Io managed to get her foot up. And Io was going to go for the moonsault. They ended up fighting up on the top rope. Bailey went to go and um, interfere, grab a leg, do something, distract Charlotte, whatever she was going to do. And then the the screen got all spooky with hair and scissors and shotsies like, Bailey. (laughs) Okay. I care not for spooky shotsy, but fine. It's a continuation of that story. Whatever it does, she, she, it drives Bailey to the backstage area and it allows Charlotte Flair to hit the natural selection on EO Sky for the win, a finisher that I do not like. The reverse blockbuster. I like it. <clears throat> it always just looks really low impact. To be a, a, a KO move. Yeah. yeah. Like, I get what it is for sure, but. It's better than a roast plant. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of the rose plant either. Bailey so. should just use the overdrive. It, it's, it's basically <laughs> that we talked about the other day. Yeah, the overdrive, the El- Elix Skipper version. You, if, did you find the video? I didn't. Um, I, I, I tried I, to look at Elix uh, Skipper's overdrive. And I I'll, find I'll find it on Twitter for you. Yeah. Don't worry. But yeah, as uh, as you're saying, yeah, um, Shotzi joins the pantheon of women that have gone crazy over the past couple of years. It was Liv, mm-hmm. and then it was Nikki Cross, mm-hmm. and now it's Shotzi. Mm-hmm. There's too many crazy women on the roster. Mm-hmm. LOL. I'm, what I'm trying to say is, like, we can't add, to have another crazy lady. You have to justify why the other crazy lady on the main roster, Nikki Cross, hasn't been used to her best of her ability to the right. point now she's jobbing, almost making me miss Nikki, Nikki Sh. <laughs> when the whole point of Nikki Sh was like, oh, I can't wait till she's her old self. She's gonna be beating people up. The Nikki that held her own against Oscar can't see her. She's now like care about what. Um, Candice LeRae's doing nowadays. But anyway, yeah. Um, Shotzi, you know what? She needs something. I can't poo-poo it because it came to a point before the haircut, mm-hmm. she wasn't interesting. You know, I felt like she had potential as a heel. They didn't do much with her as a heel. Then she became babyface again and she had tags amnesia and teamed up with, with Raquel, the person she was feuding with uh, previously. Um, just being there. If it was up to me, she would reunite with... Um, Tegan. Thank you, Jesus. You knew I was going to struggle because I've seen it a while. Her and Tegan Knox reunited as a tag team. Put Day in the back with Emma. There's certain women that need to be in tag teams. Again, I know you're going to hate me saying it, but uh, 
Lacey Evans, all she needs is a cadet that she bullies around and then she's in a tag team because hers a solo is not working as a tag team. Recoup on the investment. Recoup on the investment on her. They, they invested in her. There's a lot of tag teams they can create. And where's the unholy union? Where are they? I don't see them anywhere. That's a great question. <laughs> but yeah, to go back to what I was saying. Have Shotzi, they had like two matches since they got drafted? We need you to drop the title and leave. <laughs> And that's what they left. <laughs> oh my God. But, anyway. Yeah. What I was trying to say is this, let's see where it goes. Yeah. So far, she's terrorizing Bailey, which is good. Bailey's afraid. She wasn't afraid of her before. They, they treat her as a joke. And then it could re, you know, reignite something. Something. Yeah. I'm excited about something. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I thought this was a good little build for SummerSlam after the match. Oscar came out and she stood tall over uh, Charlotte. It was a good little match, I thought. Um, I don't think that, like, I'm, I'm never one to be a fan of giving someone the money in the bank briefcase and then beating them like a drum. You know, like, they've done that so many times with so many people because they're like, well, they'll just win the world title and then they'll be over again. Like, mm. they did with Daniel Bryan and they did it, like, so many people. Dolph they Ziggler. never did it with Edge. Edge was actually built yeah. and it made sense. The yeah, guy beat sense. Shawn Michaels in the beginning of the year. Like, it, it, it was on a trajectory. Then he won the Gold Rush tournament. The guy was winning. So by the time he beat Cena... I guess because the way he won it, it made him look like a chicken, you know, Sharon. That's a new word. Sharon replaced the other word. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he looked like a chicken Sharon in that match. And in the Royal Rumble, he got beaten decisively. So you're kind of like, oh no, he's he's not it. Then the Foley feud re- rebuilt him. But yeah, in this kind of situation, um, you need to build a wrestler. You can't be like, lose, 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 win. And then you then do the work when they're champion. Or you do yeah, the work before they're champion. So when they win, it's undeniable. It's like, yay. We knew you can do it. Yeah. Not like I'm, I'm struggling, like with Jack Swagger, I'm struggling to see you as a main yeah. eventer. That being said, EO Sky uh, doesn't have a title match at SummerSlam. Charlotte does. This is a big win for Charlotte as she's building towards a big match at the biggest show of the summer. So if you're going to beat them, at least they get beat by the biggest star possible who's en route to a championship match. That's a good logic. Or you could have went for a non-finish. I don't know. Yeah, it could have done, but I, I'm not that bothered by it. Dominic Mysterio's backstage with Rhea Ripley. Glad the draft happened. Uh, they're interviewed by, or interrupted rather, by Butch after a quick interview about being the North American champion and how Rey Mysterio can try and win the U.S. title and be the champion of the United States, but I'm going to be the champion of North America. Got Canada in there. And they get interrupted by Butch who says, hey, give me a shot at that North American title. And Dominic's like, no, I don't have my gear. And Shawn Michaels walked in and was like, too bad. You're doing it anyway. And so they set a match for later in the night. Raw guy defending an NXT title on SmackDown against a SmackDown guy. Maybe because the belt belt is, you know, doesn't have a jurisdiction. They can go anywhere. The NXT title doesn't have a jurisdiction? That's wacky. We're going I don't with think it. you're wrong necessarily. You're I have doing your to. Best. I have to fill in the blanks. Yeah. If not, my head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> After that, Roman Reigns was backstage with uh, Sol Sokoa. He was just looking at the lay in the back at Solo, and he was very conflicted. Dominic Mysterio defended the North American title against Butch, and if you want to guarantee Dom uh, can have a good match, and I don't think it's like... It's not like it was a couple of years ago or even like a year ago where Dominic in, in the ring was just like... Oh, God, please go I, spend some more time. In I the, wonder what I was watching. The whole time I was thinking, he's okay. He's okay. And people were like, he's god awful. He's the, he's the Sharon. And I was like, what? He's in tag team matches. And he had a great match with Seth. And people were like, yeah, that's the only well, time he was good. Yeah. And I was like, what? He can, 
And then, and too, again, I was too late to the fact that he apparently couldn't work because he started getting better by the time I did start to notice. I was like, hey, look, the Michinoku driver. Hey, yeah. <laughs> that being said, if you want to guarantee that he's going to have a good match, Butch is a good person to put him in the ring with. And sure enough, this was a fun little match. There were a lot more kind of like, I don't want to say smoke and mirrors, but there was a lot happening in this mm -hmm. match. Ridge was at ringside with Butch. Pretty deadly came down to the ring. Elton Prince, of course, has dislocated his shoulder or something. You know who he is. Yeah, I know him now. It was because of you. I know that Kit has brown hair. Uh, anyway, Elton Prince is in a wheelchair as well, just to sell. And they're going down to the ring. They're yammering about what's going on. Rhea, of course, is down there for Dom. And eventually, Ridge ran off pretty deadly. Elton mm -hmm. Prince just got out of his chair and ran away, which was funny. And in the ensuing distraction, Rhea managed to trip up uh, Rhea, or managed to trip up Butch, allowing Dom to push him into the uh, into the post. And then he kind of like fell through the ropes, but not very far from the ropes. So Dom like tried to pin him, but the referee was like, I'm sorry, this doesn't work, which is always just like, oh, that's the finish and it can't be. So they kind of had to like try roll it a little bit further into the ring and then try again. So the finish was a little wonky, but the actual work here was obviously quite good. It's Pete Dunn. How could it not be? But yeah, this was your strange little NXT title match here. And I also learned on Twitter today, I forget who tweeted out this stat, so I apologize for that. But Dominic Mysterio became the first person to have the main event match on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT all in the same week. Oy, dirty Dom, dirty Dom, dirty <laughs> Dom, driving that nickname to the ground. Hey, congratulations, yeah. ex-con Dom, which was my favorite one. <laughs> it wasn't quite like the main event of SmackDown because it was obviously the main event match uh, that we saw. But in terms of the final or the main event segment, rather, the uh, terms of engagement. But it was the final match of the show, title match, for the NXT North American title. So big props to Dom for that. That's a little thing that he can put in his cap and and sing the praises of for the next 10 years. I was the first person to do this. It's his little talking point. And although, did I skip something here? Because I don't Lashley. Think... No, hang on. Where is it? There, there it is. I skipped over a match. Yeah, Santos Escobar beat Austin Theory. Because I was like, I know we, we have a rant to go through still. And I think I've pretty much blown my load about Austin Theory. Yeah, we did it early. So you, if you want to yeah. hear the rant about uh, Austin Theory, just uh, rewind back a bit. Yeah. But I mean, that being said. Yay, they, Santos. They had a, they had, yay, Santos. Yeah, they had a, a fun little match here where Santos just won clean with the Phantom Driver, just pinning the U.S. champion clean. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if that doesn't mean he's the, he's the number one contender. I don't know what he is. I don't yeah. know what it is. He's got to win another match first. But clearly, Santos Escobar is getting a solid enough push. About time. And, and yes, 100% about time. I am not at all going to complain about any aspect of Santos Escobar on this show. I think he did a really good job. I think he's done a very good job as of late. Since his call-up, the whole deal, I want to see him win the U.S. title, presumably. I'm... Done with this Austin Theory fella. Before we get, before I say anything about Austin Theory, which is nothing, because I said enough about him. With Santos Escobar, I'm a bit sad that they've taken away everything that makes him cool. Oh yeah, they just slapped him a T-shirt and it's made him a. That the Aztec gear he wore, Man in the Bank, was cool. But I'm just saying, like he had his aura. He had he was you know El Jefe. 
Mm-hmm. It, legit. Now, I hate when they do this with the baby face. Like, it, it, in order to make him humble, he has to pretend he's not that guy anymore. He'd be like, I'm the man of the people, you know, I struggled hard. <laughs> well, you're on boats not that long ago. You were feuding with mobsters because you were kind of like a mobster yourself. And now all of a sudden, like, I did it for the people. La Raza. And I was like, yeah, you did it for the La Raza, but can you not do it in a nice car? car <laughs> <laughs> you know? Where's your bling bling? All of a sudden, he's going to pretend he doesn't know what a Rolex is. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, that's the only thing I kind of dislike is like, at least let him stay true to the character. I hate when he's like, I'm a baby face. I don't do that stuff anymore. I'm a heel. Give me back my chains and my uh, my glasses and my and my cups. And, that's know? it, right? Like, because I don't, I don't need him to be like arrogant about it and everything because he can have a change of heart, a change of attitude. Mm. But... I don't see why Rey Mysterio couldn't be going over a game plan in like the Legato del Fantasma lounge that they had where they're all like drinking whiskey and smoking cigars. Right. Just like being the coolest people on the brand. Like for Hurt Business. It works, you know? I don't see why you couldn't do that and also be baby faces. Maybe there will be the people that, that argue like, oh, look at them. They have all of this like, Luxury, they can't possibly. Why not? Ray, Ray, cool. Look at Ray Mysterio, he comes out in like a Gucci mask. I'm about to say, Ray's a clothes hole, he's a hole for clothes and colognes, and he's cool. Yes, and his DVD. If you've seen his DVD in Confidential, my guy's got a whole collection of cologne and he breaks it down. He goes, I got this from there, and I got this from there, and I got got this mask, and blah blah. Ray Mysterio loves his clothes. Let's not pretend he's a pauper, okay. You know, like again, he matches with the luxurious nature of LDF. I think it would be a perfect fit. But unfortunately, that's not what we're getting. We're getting, that's why I feel like as much as I love Santos Escobar, I feel there's a slight disconnect with him and the crowd because they're not seeing him at his best. It's kind of like, you should cheer me because I'm wearing this cool t shirt. This t shirt's cool. You should cheer me. It's kind of like, no, he's got more pathos than that. It's just a bit of one note. But again, that's my only nitpick because I know how great he is and how great he was as a sympathetic baby face in NXT because he he cuts great heartfelt promo. I think that's what turned him into a baby face. But don't lose the things that made him cool in the first place. That's what I'm saying. Agreed. We'll see who's going to win between Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar next week, where we see who will go on to face Austin Theory for the United States Championship, presumably at SummerSlam. That being said, that brings us to the end of our SmackDown review here, and we do not have any podcast shout-outs to do. It is uh, a little little too late in the month for for old Satin Tempest. Yeah, it is. But I'm doing True Who Heat today. Uh, let me see what time is it because it's American jargon because I only know British talk in terms of what time we do things but I'm on a, on True Hill Heat the time is I will be there at 11.05am Eastern Time I don't know what that jargon is I don't know what translates to English time but look out for True Hill Heat I'm on there with my old tag team partner SP3 we did an NXT uh, podcast together so yes check me out True Hill Heat on YouTube Mwah. So that should be pretty much right after this podcast finishes. If you're watching it when it goes live-ish at 3 p.m. U- UK time. And it's so, home. Yeah. Yeah. Make, make sure. Oh, oh, Sat, you're still here. Oh, oh, sit, oh. oh. <laughs> That being said, we will bring our SmackDown review podcast here to a close. Make sure, of course, that you like this video. If you haven't already, subscribe to the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Get us ever closer to our next subscriber goal. And ring that bell so you stay notified for all of our podcast needs. That, of course is our show. Thank you very much, Sat. Welcome back, my Welcome friend. Welcome back. House of the Black Mask. The house always wins. See you next Saturday. See you then. I don't know why we're doing the bar thing. Because we are the bar. We are the bar. Of chocolate.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.